To musician Wilder Scott, the town of Tulliver holds magic. It was that magic that helped to create him, and it is that magic that he is trying to capture once more. But not all magic is good magic. When private investigator Alan Flynn is hired to find the missing musician, he finds himself caught inside a world of death, a cursed town, and a mystery that threatens to kill anyone who stumbles upon it. The town of Tulliver holds a dark secret. It is a secret that has haunted its people for years. It is a secret that lives in the shadows. And it is a secret that wants out. This is Lyric the Novel. From award-winning author Jason Emmett comes a horror novel in the vein of Richard Matheson, Stephen King, and Peter Straub. Join us each week as the chilling story unfolds in this horror audiobook podcast novel. With a song, fear will be written, and through the lyric, darkness will be set free. Lyric the Novel, available now wherever you get your podcasts. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Armchair Book and Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host. My name is Stunning Steve Barber. And as you can tell, if you're already watching on YouTube, but those audio will also figure out, I am once again running solo this week. Uh, unfortunately, my usual co-host, the intellectual rock star himself, Delicious Dwaylon Davis, uh, was not able to make it. He is currently on hiatus. Uh, however, I am really grateful to all those who have actually reached out to me and and said that they can actually step in when needed and just let them know. And they offer, uh, they also quite a few people have offered uh, their thoughts and prayers to Dwayland because, uh, you know, it's just a family uh, situation that he's just trying to get a lot of things taken care of. And, and we always say on this show, family does come first. And so he's actually taken a hiatus for a little bit. Uh, and I think, and he's already announced on uh, previous episodes that his wife is pregnant. And so he's definitely got some things going on. <laughs> so, uh, but we always say family comes first, and and he actually gave me the blessing uh, before to go ahead and run solo or have guest uh, co-host if need be, and and um, I don't want to listen. Um, listen, I don't want to list any names of those who've actually already offered, but uh, I'm pretty sure I'll be taking some people up on their their offers here uh, pretty soon, and and I just want to say thank you once again to all those, and you know who you are, and uh, you're all just awesome. So before I get started, I want to go ahead and give any kind of contact and listening info for the podcast. If you would like to email the show about anything, whether it be feedback, whether it be a, a topic idea, 
and or if you were actually involved in the wrestling business yourself, whether you're whether it be you're another podcaster or you're a wrestler, you're a promoter, you're a referee, you're anything. Let me know. Email the show armchairbookingpodcast at gmail.com. If you would like to hit up the show on Facebook, follow it uh, at Armchair Booking Podcast. The show is also on Instagram. It's also on TikTok. I don't don't do really a whole lot with either one of those, uh, just because because Instagram, I, you know, I can only put pictures, and TikTok, I'm really uh, there's not much. I, I mean, I'm not very creative when it comes to video ideas. Uh, although I will say I have actually try to do some recordings of shows I've been to and the noise level in the places where I've been has just been way too loud. So I wasn't able to get anything done, but you can also follow the show on Twitter or X or as Dwayne and I like to call it Twix. You can actually find the show at booking armchair and just hit me up on that. And, and also you can find my other podcast called the cubicle chat podcast and you can find Dwayne's podcast, Intellectual Rockstar, on any audio platform that you can think of. If the show, if they're, those two shows or this show is not on the platform you want to listen to when you're listening through somebody else's platform or a different platform, but you, uh, for example, I personally prefer Apple Podcasts, but I do know a lot of people prefer Spotify. Now, if it's on one but not the other or another uh, totally different platform from the main ones, just let me know, let Dwayne know, and we'll do what we can to get our show added because we've had to do that in the past. Kind of ironically, we've got the show put on Stitcher, and then, like, later on, Stitcher went down. So Stitcher is no longer a thing. And I want to say, I think it's Google Podcast here. It's either Google or Amazon. One of those is also going to be uh, stopping their podcast service as well. But for now, it's there. But... Today, I guess a couple of news stories I kind of want to hit on. Uh, the first one, and this has actually kind of made its way onto mostly Twix, X, Twitter, whatever. And this is when you have the two biggest companies. One obviously is a lot bigger than the other, but when you have WWE and AEW, some of the personnel actually having uh, public feuds and public spats on social media. In this case, I'm talking about Tony Khan all of a sudden firing shots at WWE. Tony Khan, of course, is the uh, the president, the owner of uh, AEW All Elite Wrestling, and he's questioning why Jinder Mahal, who just recently returned, why Jinder Mahal has a world title shot with Seth Rollins next Monday, when Tony Khan says, "Well, Jinder Mahal has." not want a, a match in over a year. How is he getting a title shot? This hypocrisy. Then he also mentions Hook is who is a WWE person or WWE. No, Hook is in AEW. I want to say he's Taz's uh, son. Well, Hook is getting an AEW world title shot against Samoa Joe uh, here soon, unless it happened last night and I just totally missed it. But Hook is getting his title shot. But Tony Khan says Hook is 24 and 1 over the past year. So he deserves a title shot. Um, well, my first thought is hey, Tony Khan, you run your company. You know, and I'm not an AEW hater, and everybody knows that. Uh, Dwayne and I both say we are wrestling fans. That means we like WWE, we like AEW, we like TNA, we like Ring of Honor, we like New Japan, All Japan, uh, all the indie companies, just about anything. We like wrestling. We don't necessarily say well we're we're just gonna 
like one company and that's it. No, we are wrestling fans. Maybe it's because we grew up in the territory days, but you know, so be it. Some people want to want to have those uh, those battle lines drawn. We're not like that, but I will say, hey, Tony, Mister Khan, you run your company. Your company right now is in second place, and and it started in second place. It's in 2019 when the company was established. The company is almost five years old now. The company actually started in second place, which is actually saying something. And you were doing good for a very long time. At one point on the show, in one of our archives, Dwayne and I actually talked about is AEW winning the battle. Well, that didn't age well because it wasn't long after that. All of a sudden, AEW started making some um, weird decisions, about the best way to put it. But in this case right here, Tony Khan's going after Jinder Mahal. Why? You know, it doesn't make any sense. And, of course, Jinder Mahal's actually responded, and he said, um who and then tf and everybody you should know what tf stands for is hook basically jenner mahal saying nobody even knows who hook is you know obviously people who follow aw people who follow all wrestling know who hook is but that says something where now you actually have players from both companies who are firing shots at each other and that's actually something that i think is kind of a modern day thing because I'd say even a year ago, that wouldn't have happened. Jinder Mahal would not have responded like that. And I think this is a dawn of a new era because Vince McMahon is no longer running things in WWE. A lot of high, other people are. And we'll be actually getting to that into the next news story. But this to me, and this episode may end up being kind of an editorial opinionated episode, but Tony Khan, he's essentially causing self-sabotage to his own company. It's like, Tony, why would you do that? Why would you start bringing on negativity? Because you're, you know, you're, you're essentially, you're advertising WWE's matches for them. I mean, that doesn't make any sense. I mean, you're, you're telling everybody, hey, they're going to have a match and it's going to be a world title match and it's going to be Jinder Mahal. Who I actually like Jinder Mahal. And Joel and I, we both talked about Jinder Mahal. He has the look. He has. He actually does have good skills. I'm not saying he's the greatest in the ring, but I mean he can definitely go. And you know he looks legit. Uh, his promos aren't necessarily always the best, but they're not horrible by any means. I mean, and sometimes maybe because we're comparing maybe his promo skills to somebody like a John Cena or The Rock, um, or some other people who are known for their promos. But I don't have an issue with Jinder Mahal having the title shot. It's not my call. WWE personnel feel that maybe he should. Maybe this is Triple H who's setting it up. Maybe he's saying, yeah, let's go ahead and put him on there. Maybe there's a reason why he's got the title shot. Maybe something is going to happen in a match. I don't know. But it's not Tony Khan's place to sit there and question. It's a totally different company. Yes, I do know there's people who have gone back and forth. In fact, there's some people who started in one, went to the other, and now have gone back. And, you know, the latest being uh, Andrade. Well, he hasn't gone back to WWE just yet, but his wife and I, I guess all the rumors about them having issues. I mean, we normally don't discuss marital issues on the show, but he's married to Ashley Fleer, also better known as Charlotte Flair. And she is out for the next six to nine months uh, 
due to having to have surgery for an injury. But why is Tony Khan essentially advertising these matches? He's advertising matches for his biggest competitor. And this to me is similar, uh, not quite the same thing, but it's similar to the WCW butts and seats comment made by Tony Schiavone when Mick Foley won the world title on raw because at the time raw of course was recorded and Bish Eric Bischoff was notorious for getting the results and then actually announcing them on air because at the time Nitro was live raw a lot of times was taped and so he would announce the results on air well of course when he and it wasn't Tony Schiavone's idea but he was just following orders when Tony Schiavone said that about 200,000 people, me being one of them, or one of the people, you know, we changed the channel to watch Raw because, well, we get to see a world title change because you don't see that all the time and you shouldn't see that all the time. Title changes should not happen every single week. And there for a while, in fact, it wasn't long after, uh, well, this during this era, this was the Attitude Era in WWE. Those title changes were happening a lot more frequently. But it was kind of interesting to see a world title change on Raw. And so, yes, I uh, was one of the the 200,000 people who immediately changed the station to watch this title change. And that, of course, that was also the same night WCW had the finger poke of doom. But that's that's another story. But now it seems like this tweet, so this the backlash has is, is already happened. because it, So Tony Khan, whatever his plan was, has already backfired. Because you have Jinder Mahal responding. You have other people responding to him going, what are you thinking? Why are you bringing up a match in a totally different company? You're, you are advertising their match. So now that I know there's going to be a world title match, I might as well watch that. One. But it's not like they're competing against each other. But he's saying, hey, he's basically giving everybody a reason to watch Raw live. So Mr. Khan, just kind of kind of slow your roll some. You are over... AEW, you are not over WWE, and you may think you're affecting what they're doing, but you're really not. You know, and when Jinder Mahal, he just has one tweet, and he asks a very simple question, you know, who is Hook? Because Jinder Mahal is probably better known than Hook. And I'm not saying anything against Hook, because, I mean, obviously, if he's Taz's son, I mean, he learned from somebody who really knows the business in and out, because I actually like Taz. Uh but also, on another note, kind of attached to this, of course, Tony Khan's father, Asid Khan, owns not just AEW, but he also owns the Jacksonville Jaguars. And the Jaguars, uh, they actually sent out a tweet about playoff tickets, saying, hey, if you want to purchase playoff tickets, here you go. Because the Jaguars were actually uh, favored to win their division uh, in the NFL, and then they were going to be going to the playoffs. However, the Jaguars lost to the Titans this past Sunday. And by losing, doing so, they were actually eliminated from the playoffs by the Titans. And which, by the way, I don't believe the Titans made the playoffs either. In fact, I'm pretty sure they didn't consider their head coach just got fired. He was one of the many on what they call, uh, was it Black Monday, where it's the Monday after the last Sunday of the season and all the records, all the uh, regular season records are set. 
and coaches start losing their jobs. And the Titans was, they were one of the teams who fired their coach. But by the Jaguars sending out this tweet before that game ever happened, and then all of a sudden they got beat, so they're not even going to the playoffs. WWE actually trolled them on Twitter. They actually tweeted about that and was basically laughing at the Jaguars because the Jaguars is owned by is the by the owner of the same company that is their biggest competition. Actually, I'll be, I'll be kind of funny that they did that. But you know, moving on to other news because I, I only have a couple of news stories today, um, not many, but. I mentioned last week about Kevin Dunn has now left WWE. For those who don't know, Kevin Dunn was a longtime television producer for both Raw and SmackDown, and he was through and through a Vince McMahon guy. Uh, there's been a lot of things being said about Kevin Dunn. Uh, you'll see a lot of WWE or at least former WWE personnel saying things about Kevin Dunn, uh, not necessarily in, in a positive light. Um most notably, Jim Cornette has actually uh, said quite a few derogatory things about Kevin Dunn because they just did not get along. And uh, Jim Cornette's also known for being very abrasive. And he and he's kind of blunt, but he needs to know when to kind of back it off some. However, Kevin Dunn has now left WWE. He felt disrespected because... He was a, he, he called himself a Vince McMahon guy. He was very loyal to Vince McMahon. Well, the problem was there have been so many complaints, not just from WWE, but from fans. And, and I'll say, you know, part of the, the IWC, the internet wrestling community had a lot of, a lot to say about Kevin Dunn's production style. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, you just go watch like a raw or a SmackDown over the past few years and with the zoom ins and the shaky camera and the quick cuts. And it was very hard to follow the action sometime, but just because there were so many things, there was too many things uh, going on. So it was almost like the, the show has been overproduced and people have been trying to tell them for many, many years. You don't need to shake the camera whenever somebody gets body slammed. And there's no reason for that. And if you don't think they're shaking the camera, I've and I've mentioned this before, and I think I mentioned it last week, I've actually been to a Raw and SmackDown and those tapings, and I've actually seen, I've actually made a point to watch the cameraman as certain moves were happening, and I saw the cameraman jump the camera up. It was only, you know, if you look at it in the big scheme, it wasn't that much, but it was enough to where it would do that shaky cam effect. I don't need you to shake the camera to show me that, yeah, it was an effective move that actually may have had some kind of impact on the opponent on the receiving end of the move. There's been a lot of complaints about that over the years, but of course, uh, Vince McMahon would not listen to what the fans wanted. And by extension, Kevin Dunn also would not listen. Now, Kevin Dunn's gone. Uh, like I said, he he was bitter. And I've actually texted Dwayland this the other day. I said, Kevin Dunn, was the Dwight to Vince McMahon's Michael. That's an office reference. For those who don't get it, just go check out the show, The Office. But Kevin Dunn's gone. Now they actually have his replacement has been hired. 
It's a man named Lee Fitting. And some of the personnel are not happy. From what I read, uh, literally like about 10 minutes before I started recording this. So people are happy. They did not mention any names. And I get that. But it's people who actually worked backstage who felt there was other people who could have just been promoted within. The reason they're not happy is because Lee Fitting was not with the company previously. Lee Fitting is a former producer for ESPN. And there's like, well, he's an outsider. He's not been with this company. We have other people who actually know what's going on. All right. Those who have never been part of a merger, never been part of a company that merged with a different company. This is actually pretty common. This is almost standard. All right. Maybe the reason why TKO Group, TKO Holdings, this is the, the umbrella group which owns WWE, um, this part of Endeavor. So they own WWE and UFC. Maybe they look and they go, okay, you may have other people who are already internal, but they were also learned under Kevin Dunn. They learned his system, which means they would good chance that they would be doing the same exact things Kevin Dunn was doing, which people actually had legitimate gripes about. Because I can tell you right now, it, it almost felt like I was going to go into a seizure sometimes watching these shows just because of how everything just kind of moved around and it was just happening um, the way it did and zooming in and zooming out and trying to focus on that. Yeah, I mean, it could all cause you to go blind trying to watch it. So they're not going to have somebody who learn the same system that they're trying to change. They're going to bring in somebody, uh, somebody from the street, somebody external who, by the way, former producer for ESPN. It's not like he's never produced a television show. It's not like he's never produced a sports television show because think about this. If he's doing this for ESPN, then that means he's not going to have the shaky camera. He didn't jump the camera around every time somebody got tackled in a football game. He didn't jump the camera around and do a lot of zoom ins and cuts during a basketball game. The same thing during baseball. They didn't just zoom in every time a pitch was thrown. And so you couldn't really keep track of what was going on because there was just too much stuff happening because Kevin Dunn's even the same person who told Steve Austin, he needed to stop, change what he was doing. He said, you are quote unquote, popping the guys in the truck. That essentially meant that the truck was literally sometimes a truck, like a big van that actually had all the production equipment in there, and they had all the um, the monitors with watch all the camera. Well, the guys in there were they were reacting really hard to what Steve Austin was doing. Kevin Dunn said, "Well, you need to stop doing that." And Steve Austin pointed out, "If I'm popping them, and these are guys who have seen this week in and week out." I'm showing them something different and they're reacting in a positive way to it. Why would I change that? But that's the way Kevin Dunn was not done may have had orders from Vince McMahon to say that, but, uh, but it sounds like something he would do because you've seen his style. It's been like that way for a very long time now and people were tired of it, but wrestling fans like myself are going to keep watching the product. Now, admittedly, I don't watch raw and SmackDown live all the time. I always DVR it, but sometimes I end up just watching the highlights. And part of that was because the shows in and of themselves had become unbearable sometimes. Because sometimes I just want to, okay, give me the result. Sometimes I'll watch the action because if I've heard the match is really good and you can always find that feedback, I'll go back and watch it. But 
they can't get mad because, um, and I've, and I saw this happen at the company that I just left back, uh, May of last year, people were brought in from the new company who the new company could also, they were aware and they could, they knew they could trust what they were doing because they had, they knew the new person to put in knew what the idea was. They, um, they knew they wouldn't have to untrain them in a way that was not very effective and not what the vision for the company was. And that's one thing, you know, maybe just leave, leave fitting other people. They may not be happy about him, but he actually has experience and apparently has a lot of good experience, you know, so we'll just have to see how it, how it goes. Uh, we do know that the shows have already gotten better. Uh, some of the, like the, the commentary dialogue has already gotten better because they don't have Vince McMahon screaming in their ear, telling them what to say. And they're allowed to actually reference things outside WWE because they're, um, the fans know there is a wrestling universe outside of world wrestling entertainment and not just AEW, not just new Japan. Not, I mean, it, it, there's tons of uh, companies out there and sometimes they would even reference their backgrounds and Vince McMahon didn't like that. Also, maybe they can actually get back to saying the word wrestling on a wrestling show. That'd be nice to see. But like I said, this, this particular episode ends, is ended up being kind of a, an opinionated editorial episode, but um, hey, you know what? It, it happens uh, sometimes. Remember, Royal Rumble is coming up in a little over two weeks, and I'm looking forward to it. Um, there's there's still a handful of competitors, both in the men's and women's Rumble. And once we get closer to time, then I'll give a um, a prediction episode. Dwaylon may or may not be back by that time. We'll have to see. Hopefully he is because it's always fun. If, if he can't make it back, then I would definitely get his predictions and anybody else who wants to step in and, and help be a guest co-host. And we'll get their predictions as well. In fact, if anybody, if you just want to send me the predictions, we'll, I'll actually uh, talk about all of them. You know, anybody should just email armchair booking podcast at gmail.com or hit me up on the socials. A lot of people already do that anyway. Uh, if you have my, my actual cell phone number, you know, just send me a text because some people obviously have my, uh, my number. Um, if you would like to have my number also send me, uh, some kind of DM. I'm not going to announce my number on the air. I'm sorry. I just, um, that's one thing I do kind of respect my own privacy when it comes to that, you know, but if I know you, if you're a fellow podcaster, especially that I know and trust, obviously, you know, um, we're connecting in some way. So I will give you uh, my number if you need it, but until we can actually speak again, it may be next week, it may be tomorrow. Who knows? A lot of changes happening with the show right now. But until we can speak again, just go say good day and God bless. You.